Welcome to Truth and Coaching Podcast. It is Joshua and Jordan. Hello, hello. You're finally better yes. from the crud. Whatever it was. <laughs> Whatever it was, right? And uh, we're ready to rock and roll with a little bit more uh, buddy style stuff. Hopefully, uh, any of you that suffered through the last solo effort um, will be fine. And uh, come back to come back to more funness, right? Uh, you know what? There's actually. I thought about this yesterday and I was meaning to put it in my program notes to mm-hmm. kind of like help the outline of this go better and I forgot about it and it just hit me again. Oh. Literally what I just said. So uh, unbeknownst to you and probably most people, um, I recorded an album, a musical album when I was 18 oh. and like we, we like did a like a hardcore effort at it. Like I hired a guy that I was already in a band with and he had like a, uh, a studio and um, I looked up to him a lot as a role model and no kidding we like were very professional in the approach to it I had all the songs written and everything and the product wasn't bad mm-hmm. but in terms of the uh, like the overall standard like what it could have been you know th- there's definitely stuff to kind of cringe at here and there <laughs> um, but then there's like moments of honest to goodness, like really good music and borderline lyrical genius. I know that that sounds like very, uh, like I think too highly of myself by saying that, but I've had a lot of comments from a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors who continues to be my mentor, he's actually a brilliant businessman. He's mentored me in this business and in, uh, you know, assistance with personal finance and sales strategies and marketing and all that stuff way back then. So no kidding. 20 years ago, he was like, look, you own this. Like, don't ever talk bad about it. Just be like, this is the best album out there it's so good you're gonna love it and <laughs> in retrospect that kind of sounds like trump have you ever heard like how he's like pumping his steaks he's like it's the best steaks just yes such good steaks you've never had a steak as good you can't even go better than this kind of steak it's just the it's just they're the best they're the greatest right but you know what uh my mentor was telling me to just own this particular uh recording that mm-hmm. i had done i think we did there's like 13 tracks on it. Okay. And a couple of them, I'm like, they're still really good to this day. And then a lot of them, I'm just like cringe, either because <laughs> of a sound quality issue or mm-hmm. because I just wasn't happy with how the performance came out or because maybe they were like half-baked lyrics about some crush that I had, you know? Like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want the world to see this. Um, <laughs> but the advice was good. And then you get into more of a a dog eat dog, particularly in the Marine Corps, but the military can be like that in general. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good realism that has to come into that. There is a level of confidence that's not good because it like willfully takes you into a wreck. Mm -hmm. And that's how you hear through history about, you know, the great military disasters, you know, Napoleon going too far into Russia, Hitler going too far into Russia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like Russia is a central theme in a lot of these things. Uh, But uh, never mind that particular commentary. Um, The idea of your view of yourself Mm -hmm. and then your superior's view of you and then your peer's view of you like the closer aligned all these things are for better or for worse in your performance and your capabilities we're 
less crazy and we're more sane. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we all have to see the same perspective. Right. It's better to have different perspectives. Different perspectives can, uh, and we're talking not about like tackling a, a problem that we're all trying to solve. I'm not talking about groupthink <laughs> right now. I'm talking about self-evaluation. Right. Right. And having a different perspective, yeah, you need to see different sides of you. You can be very self-critical, but being like too uh, self-praising and saying there's nothing wrong with me, like you really, you're just being defensive. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows there's something wrong with them. Exactly. No, right? one, no one's perfect. So, yeah, so it's been difficult to kind of ride the line of both of those things to say, this is great. Like, mm -hmm. this is a great effort and it's wonderful and it's got something to offer and you're going to love it. Right. Right. Versus like also being able to uh, correctly absorb criticism and make something better the next time. So um, all of that to say, I hereby cancel any negative comments I was about to make about last week's podcast is <laughs> great. You just great. get in there and listen to it and it's listen great. to it a few times and you're going to love it. I know we talk uh, multiple times around the hamster wheel of the motivation guilt cycle. And I probably went through that three times in a row talking in circles, but that's, that's what it's okay, like. Though. Like that's how it's sometimes that's how it's supposed to go. Cause you know, it shows other people like the process that it takes to, yes. you know, do a recording and, well, there's Sometimes that. it's more natural, too. And also, I was probably empathetically working through <laughs> the motivation guilt cycle <laughs> while describing the motivation guilt cycle. Yes. You know, it's really like a spiral, like a beautiful mm -hmm. spiral staircase in some crazy, mm -hmm. you know, just decadent building, right? Where if you look at it from the top, it looks like a circle. Right. But it's actually a spiral. Yeah, so exactly. the same things keep happening over and over and over just on time. I guarantee there's going to be at least one thing everyone's going to take away positive from that It's podcast. fantastic. Yes. It's absolutely fantastic. But uh, we have a somebody who deserves some serious credit for a job well done. Yes. Last week, Christina, our very own Christina Farquhar, Woo! took second place at a very large powerlifting competition. Heck yes, lady. We are so proud of you. Yeah, we're extremely proud of Christina. And I was at reserve duty, mm -hmm. but you were there. I was. To both coach and to just kind of provide moral support, mm -hmm. right? So break it down, Jordan. Break down the numbers. How'd Christina do? She did very well overall. Um, so the three main lifts that they did were squats, barbell squats, bench press, and deadlifting. And um, I'm gonna give the weight in pounds. Uh, so Christina got 236.997 pounds on her squats, which is huge. Um, and then for her bench, she got 159.5 pounds. And her deadlifting, I believe she said this was the heaviest she's lifted. Um, she got, 300 and she attempted 319 got the weight up fairly easy but she hitched so it mm. didn't count unfortunately so her uh, weight that did count counted was um 302.5 kilograms which i thought i had that in pounds but i don't 
Right now, that well, you did have that in pounds because I know she didn't or, lift yeah, over six hundred pounds. Yeah, three hundred and Yes, three hundred and two point five pounds. If she'd lifted over six hundred pounds, <laughs> there we would be having a very different conversation. Yes, right we now. would be. It would be like, how can we get this girl into mm -hmm. a more prestigious competition? Yes. Um, but yeah, the hitch was kind of. I'm not going to say heartbreaking. It was just like, no. Right. She was right there. And then poof. Just like So a, a deadlift for those who are maybe saying, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this sounds morbid. <laughs> um, it is lifting straight off of the ground. So a barbell with the weights on it. It's on the ground. It's resting on the ground. And you have to approach the weight and pick it up and then stand up straight. Uh, mm -hmm. The hitch is getting stuck partway through that process and then maybe a little bit of momentum to get mm -hmm. it up or you know something that looks a little bit like the jackhammer exactly. or whatever and that's what we had we had just a, a pause and then like a resurgence and it just oh it wasn't smooth enough yeah the judges want to see one smooth effort from the exactly. bottom and that's uh the sportification of it did she get the weight up yes was it a clean, smooth lift? No. No, it was no that's too bad. But But for her first competition, and honestly not knowing what to expect, because mm -hmm. the rules with those competitions are different from how we normally kind of train here in the gym. Yep. Like learning on how to lift during the cues and to when you're allowed to put the weight down during the cues. Um, and just even like the format of how it goes was very intimidating. She didn't know what to expect. So, mm -hmm. I mean, with all those nerves going on and then actually performing the way she did, she killed it. Yeah. You know, we should, uh, we should get back more to the details here in a minute, but mm -hmm. I think that adults, particularly when you have a day job, mm -hmm. I think you need to be held to a more lenient standard than, um, you know, kids, the, uh, I'm definitely in the anti everybody gets a trophy camp, right. right? Like you need to earn what you earn, but there's just something about being a grown up and saying, look, I've, I've done school. Maybe I did team sports. You know, I, I had to go through the ringer to get whatever license or certification or degree that I needed. And now I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay my bills, man. Right. Yeah. And Grown-ups need sport. They really we do. need outlet. We need competition. And she legitimately won second place, silver medal in her division, which is great. Yes. But I don't think there's anything wrong if an event wants to do a participation medal. You know what? You're, you're a grown-up, and you want to have a memento right. of that time. And that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a memento or a, a thing to say, this was a good memory. Mm -hmm. One of... Uh, one of my gunnery sergeants, Gunnies, as we call him, he's really into marathons, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't know it by looking at him. Like, he clearly doesn't do them to lose weight. <laughs> he's like this beefcake kind of guy. <laughs> but there's something about it that he just loves, and it's cathartic for him, and he gets through it, and he, he collects all his participation medals. And you know what? Good for you That's to get awesome. out there on your own time when uh, your job isn't expecting you to do marathon performance, and you're not out there because you're trying to make... You you know some sort of international competition you're just out there because you love doing it i think there's room for a good solid hey good job here's your here's your thing for coming out and mm -hmm. playing right i agree and i think you know grown-ups that are making time 
because kids, mm-hmm. it's almost curriculum, you know? It really is. I, I think kids like playing and kids like sports, but let's face it, parents and teachers make, make kids them, do yes, it. Yes, I agree. Right? And when you've been through that and it's like, okay, yeah, you, you want to earn something, good, learn to earn it. Mm-hmm. But sports are preparation for life. And then later on, they become part of life. Exactly. So, I don't know. That's, that's where I feel about the... Uh, the whole participation, participation issue. Yeah. No, I thought it was really cool. And I like how they divided it up into um, not only weight group, but also age group. Because we had, yeah. there was, I think the youngest was a, was 16 years old and the oldest was maybe mid to late 50s, early 60s. So okay. like a huge variety. Sure. And they did, um, every age group got um, awards. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I must be feeling philosophical today because, <laughs> you know, I wanted to to be all like, ah, oh, technical, Christina's powerlifting, it's wonderful. But you know yeah. what? Uh, age groups make a lot of sense, too. They do. And really, sport is about self-mastery. Really. Mm-hmm. It's good to win. It's good to be competitive. But... Not everybody's gonna win, mm-hmm. but what everybody can win at is self mastery, mm-hmm. self control, yeah. not throwing a fit when you want to throw a fit, being yeah. a good sport when you need to be a good sport, like channeling that energy into beating your opponent yeah. when you need to channel it. Mm-hmm. Like so many people walk through life with mismatched energies. Maybe they're not doing great at work or in sport, and then they go home and they like take it out. <laughs> on their yeah. loved ones uh, that's mismatched it really like is. reapply that aggravation somewhere else right you know in the gym in your workout yeah, yeah. i think that's i think that's good um so it shouldn't it's it shouldn't be a uh maybe a surprise that i'm not a powerlifting coach mm-hmm. all right um I have a a good amount of sports performance in my bag. I'm also not an elite sports performance coach. Right. Right. I was just having a conversation with an elite sports performance coach earlier today. And he was like, so, yeah, like, what kind of sports performance do you guys do? And I'm like, well, I do do sports performance. I do work with athletes. Mm -hmm. But, like, if we're talking about, you know, how are we going to get a top-level guy either a top-level scholarship or a top-level draft pick or something like that. I mean, I'll be honest, that's not me. I have a few areas that I've excelled in just by virtue of my background that I can really coach somebody really far in. But what was really nice to see was what great form Christina had. Oh, my gosh. Now, she's worked hard. She has. She's also built for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, she's pretty short yep. and pretty sturdy. Yes. Right? And so it's a, a very good natural fit for powerlifting. But mm-hmm. relative to the form of some of the other lifters in that competition, mm-hmm. I was just like, yes, I am teaching something right. I, and honestly, this is awesome. I think that's what I was most like excited and proud about. Yes, I'm very happy, like, happy for her that she got second place. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she probably had like the best form out of almost all the lifters there i was just like heck yes that's awesome well and how many pounds would you say the gold medalist had on her um body uh, weight body weight oh not not competition weight yeah. but like she was significantly bigger yes yes 
Yeah. I would agree. Like one of her thighs <laughs> yes. is like uh-huh. almost Christina's waist. Yes. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. She, they both like performed really well. Um, but yeah, I'm super happy for Christina. You killed it, lady. And I can't wait for your next competition because I know you're going to even do better. There's so much room for yeah. progress for her. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot that goes into that. So first off, amazing that she had the guts to go do that. Exactly. Right. Just yeah. getting out of your comfort zone to do that is a really big deal. Again, mm-hmm. grown up rules, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not something that's driving you. Um, we're not making you do it. You're not going to lose your car. We're not going to take away your driver's license if you don't go compete. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if anything, you're sticking yourself out there with a little <laughs> bit of risk. Right. What if I look stupid? What if I get injured? Mm-hmm. What if I... I miss something on TV because it's my Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I'm mean, like, really? Literally anything. Like, yeah. like all that stuff is in play. Um, so somebody going and doing that wonderful demonstration of character. Um, the next thing to have the poise to go through the coached pre warm up sequence or the pre lift sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And to try to block out all the other things. You know, you can make a plan. And we will revise the plan, right? But the plan survived contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am yep. so happy about that. It didn't be like, oh, we're going to do all this, this, and this. And then you mm-hmm. get there and it just flies out the window and like panic, panic, panic. <laughs> Everything goes out the you window know? that you were just taught. <laughs> no, it went really well. And, and more than that, she had the presence of mind to adjust to some rule sets that we hadn't mm-hmm. anticipated on the fly. Yep. Which is fantastic. Which is where you were critical mm-hmm. to go there as coach and be like, hey, thumbs, thumbs. Yep. Right, right before a lift. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's, there is lifting, which should be strong for everybody. And then there's power lifting, which is applying certain uh, hacks, we're going to call them, to try to put up the biggest number possible. Mm -hmm. And she needed the fewest hacks out of everybody there. So that means the potential is so much bigger. Exactly. It's very exciting. Uh, So we've already got plans to get her into... um, the uh, the regional championship is it May or June? Mm, May. I'm pretty sure it's May. yeah. So there's a there's a campaign plan yeah. that goes with that. Yeah. And uh, that we're getting into even though she's one of my trainers, she's one of my athletes. Mm-hmm. So we will divulge the campaign plan as it unfolds mm-hmm. without getting you know too deep into the weeds. But it's simple. Right now, take a little bit of an off season. Yes. Right? Yep. Then focus on anything that needs to be retrimmed, readjusted mm-hmm. in the body. Then uh, we can launch the campaign from there right into what we're going to call basically a preseason um, with a bunch of specific practice mm-hmm. to take some stress inoculation on top of all the technical work and on top of all the strength she's got to build. Too. Yes. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just three lifts. No, it's not. And also like learning on how for being a little bit more specific with one of the lifts for bench press, um, the ref tells you to, or the judge tells you to mm-hmm. take the weight off. And then he says down and you go down all mm-hmm. the way to your chest and it has to sit on your chest for a brief second. Yeah. And you can't lift it until he says lift. Yeah. And so that part, I know she was super nervous about cause you don't know how long it's sitting there and mm-hmm. like all that momentum has stopped and yeah. you have to get it back up. Right. So that's something, um, I'm glad it like transferred really well 
for her. Yeah. But that's the other thing she's going to have to. No, I know. I, I kind of wish on. at this point we could be doing video on this podcast because I would bring in a couple clips. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very visual, but um, people don't understand lifting sports, I think, as well as they should. Mm -hmm. And powerlifting, which Christina did, just the heaviest weight possible on squat, bench press, and deadlift, yeah. um, has a lot of uh, commonality with other lifting sports. Um, obviously, because of the barbells, it's closest looking to Olympic lifting, mm -hmm. but Olympic lifting, the weight goes from the bottom to over your head, yeah. and then you have to lock it out. So it's actually significantly scarier and you have to have a lot more precise control. Yes. There's a lot that can go wrong in a power lift that can be compensated for and you can still put up a safe score, mm -hmm. right? Not in power or in Olympic lifting, right? Um, yeah. Those weights, I think it's a misnomer. Like we think power is speed. Nah, it's more like strength lifting. It is. Like maximum strength lifting, but Olympic lifting is those barbells actually begin to fly. Yeah. I trained for that for, I think, six weeks yeah. at one of the gyms I was in, at in Montana. And after six weeks, I was like, no, this is not for me. I'm yeah. not comfortable with it. Don't want to do it. To a proficient, just going from no skill to I can do the moves proficiently, mm -hmm. not even with any credible level of load. Yeah. We're talking a two-year journey with mm -hmm. very good coaching. Oh, yeah. For Olympic lifting, mm -hmm. what Christina was doing with powerlifting. Now she's she's been building this up here this whole time, kind of in secret, as it were. Right, right, for like seven years. Yeah. But you can get into powerlifting within a few months mm -hmm. with a few, you know, uh, correct techniques. Mm -hmm. um, kettlebell lifting, on the other hand, which is what you and I yes. are much better at. Yes. Right. That is kind of in between the two. It mm -hmm. really resembles Olympic lifting in that the weight has to go overhead from right. the bottom. Yeah. Right. It does not resemble Olympic lifting in that you're not looking for a one rep max. You yeah. are getting many, 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 many repetitions and mm -hmm. cramming them into a time limit as much as possible. But between these three disciplines, kettle lifting, Olympic lifting, power lifting, there are commonalities, which is knees and hips locked out, mm -hmm. arms locked out. Um, there has to be certain checkpoints that the weight has to go through. And uh, a lot of laymen do not understand this. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing video of a, uh, it was either at a national championship or world championship, uh, maybe the Olympics. Um, some young lady was doing Olympic lifting and she got to the top and had her arms locked out and began to celebrate and, you know, safely dropped the weight and the judges awarded no lift. Right. And, uh, this had to have been in 2020 because I saw it on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that place is toxic, but, um, but yeah, I, like the amount of social rage that this poor lifter was being bullied mm -hmm. was just like, eh, you people are ridiculous. You don't yeah. understand lifting. It was a no lift. Her hips were still in motion. Mm -hmm. She had not completed the movement. <laughs> like you have to demonstrate that rigidity across your whole body. And, you know, I, I get it. There were a lot of referee scandals, judge scandals in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. There still are oh, yeah. like particularly with the Soviet bloc versus the Western nations and like gymnastics, gymnastics and figure skating, like notorious. Mm -hmm. Right. But in this case, it was truly a no lift for all the right reasons of the sport. 
and you just get like the wrong social media going and people working themselves up into mm -hmm. a frenzy about something they don't understand. Yep. Right? Exactly. Um, or something that's been so long standing that it's like, why, why are you pretending to be an expert about this right now? Maybe just learn a little bit more. Mm -hmm. right? So anyways, uh, congratulations, Christina. Full credit yes. to her performance and to her uh, preparation for that. Um, but I think we don't take away anything from her at all by saying this was truly a team win. Mm -hmm. And that way to bring it home, I am so happy yeah. that like this worked out to get that accomplished. Right? Yeah. Because that, uh, that definitely goes into the, the rostrum of mm -hmm. points. Yes. So good deal. Yeah. So, movements. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, movements. You should be moving. I made you we, move this morning. You did, and it was it was a great workout. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, the the challenge format, right, is that everybody needs to have a moment of reckoning, mm -hmm. where the the general philosophy of training is train intensely. But depending on your level of skill, if you're trying to train maximally every time, particularly if it's total body, mm -hmm. you're going to crash and burn. You're going to hit your performance ceiling and you're not going to recover from it quickly enough to get on to the next workout. Right. What I was telling one of your new clients this morning as I introduced myself to him, we were just chatting a little bit and I was like, the goal is to make the next workout. Yes. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> if you go all out and you go superhero mode right now, mm -hmm. particularly as a beginner, right. you're not making your next workout. Mm -mm. It's going to get pushed off a day, two days, three days, a week, two weeks. Yeah. And then we get into then that. You're starting back all over again. Literally, the motivational <laughs> guilt cycle. Um, yes. That's literally what happens. Uh, but, you know, through experience and through consistency, you can begin to perform more intensely in any given workout, right? But I would say even for really good athletes, like maximum intensity stuff uh, should come around probably no more than once a week, mm -hmm. conditioning-wise. Yeah. Now, if you're doing a big split, like, you know, chest and tries one day and then quads and hams the other day, maybe we can push the intensity there because it's localized, mm -hmm. right? Your body can overall recover from that a little bit better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the challenge concept is, uh, this is kind of a, this is a good truth and coaching moment mm -hmm. for the business builders out there, mm -hmm. right? Because not every client is going to do every workout. I don't think three times a week training is enough for people, yeah. most people to get great results. Mm -hmm. It's enough for beginners to get good results, right? But to if we're into the rhythm of things, yes, if it's something they've never absolutely. done before, yeah, yeah but then we run into the challenge of, okay, I have to have a life and I have to have time to do research for you guys. I need continuing education. I need personal workouts. I need sports, right? I need to cook, <laughs> right? I need to take care of my house and all this sort of stuff. And so there are some trainers that stack themselves from five in the morning until seven at night with, you know, you know, if they can get that many clients, then great mm -hmm. if you can, but like they're doing that to pay their bills and they're stressing out so badly and not having a life. And these mm -hmm. people burn out very quickly. And that's too bad because they're accumulating a lot of experience. It could be really, really helpful mm -hmm. to their client base or helpful to other people in the future and make a big impact, but they're burning out. So 
I don't allow that here, right? And I love we, that. Yeah, we spread it out a little bit more and your sessions with your clients ideally come three times a week. Mm-hmm. Training's on or training's off, yep. right? I'm your coach or I'm not, right? If you've got a special case where you need to come in once a week or every other week, we'll, we'll make a deal, right? But the yeah. basic idea is get in here and start working out. Yep. However, to get that result, most people eventually need to get past the three times a week. I'm not going to train you more than three times a week. (laughs) All right. That means homework. Mm. I will write programs for you that you can do. (laughs) Right. And I deliver it it. with a really, really good app. So you know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But you have to make time for it on your own. And that probably turns into four to five times a week for most people to get the kind of results that most people want, not just the kind of dreamlike results that aren't realistic. Right. Like get really real about how lean you can get and what it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's an important factor. But uh, let's say you're getting past that three times a week mark. Okay. As a trainer, how do I make sure that you get all the right coaching on everything? Well, sometimes we have to switch the days around a little mm-hmm. bit. So right now we've got a, a hard Monday push day, a hard uh, Wednesday pull day for the whole body, you know, posterior chain, as we call mm-hmm. it in our parlance. Uh, then focusing on a little more control and speed, contrast, slow and fast, push Friday, slow and fast, push mm-hmm. Saturday. People aren't going to do that Saturday work. Most of the, most of the time, no. Most people, I would yeah. say nine out of ten aren't going to. It's too bad. But eh. It's a really good one, too. Next week, swap it around. Mm-hmm. So now the Monday and the Wednesday stay the same, but now the Saturday and the Friday switch. So you're at least getting exposure to that, right? But then the third week rolls around, and it's Challenge Friday. Why? Because sometimes we just got to blitz the body, take it up to that 100%, see how we do. So uh, I gave you Turf Monster Challenge. Briefly describe <laughs> it without, going, without making it sound boring. Um, first of all, anything but boring. It's <clears throat> doing a lot of sled pushing uh-huh. and sled pulling with a rope attached to it. Then you do a backwards bear crawl. Um, oh, tsunamis! You have to like. Yeah, you make the the make the rope that's yeah. attached to the sled do waves, and then you pull the sled to you, and then you push the sled back, and then you crawl backwards. Story started from. Yes. That's a monster. That's one. One that's monster. One. Yeah. Yes, and then we had to do kettlebell swings, mm-hmm. and that was phase one. You had to complete that twice. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Then it gets bigger the next time. It does. Yeah. Yeah, and it. So you still do your monster, then you're adding in push-ups. And the type of push-ups you had us do was Spider-Man push-ups so or... So got some crawling involved. Yes. Moving your legs more. as well. Yeah, exactly. So you're moving your legs and your upper body. Mm-hmm. Then even more kettlebell swings. Yep. Then the last round, more monster <laughs> drill. Then a ton of lunges. Oh, a so ton of lunges. So many lunges. You were about to pass out. But it was not the worst part of the workout. The push-ups. That's what got me. Yeah, those are hard. Um, you know, we're proportionally geared to our lower body, Mm -hmm. especially if we're not doing hard labor. But even, I mean, your legs are bigger than your arms. They are by default, right? But it doesn't mean that your arms aren't capable of amazing things. Mm -hmm. Um, We're actually probably going to talk about that in speech of the week, but, uh, you know, not reaching your potential. But um, this kind of workout is what people typically think of when they think of, like, functional fitness. Mm. And it's amazing how that plays out. that we're doing focused work that seems almost too simple in the week. And then once every couple of weeks, something like this rolls around. Yes. Helps you stay lean. 
It does. The one thing I really do enjoy about this type of workout is you just need to keep moving mm -hmm. as best as you can and then pushing past like that you kind of get mentally fatigued and you just yes. work your work past like telling yourself to stop and just keep moving you'll get it done um yeah it's part of a mental battle with it because you're absolutely so tired is. yeah because there are there are different things going on in your brain oh my gosh like not planned we are preempting <laughs> speech of the week here yeah. but uh <laughs> you can do more than you think you can mm -hmm. and there are different safety or comfort mechanisms in your brain for different reasons mm -hmm. a workout like this doesn't have a whole lot of safety considerations in it right like there's just a lot of burn yes and so you're free <laughs> to work through the whole thing mm -hmm. as hard as you can embracing that burn and pushing deeper into it uh, so functional fitness we've discussed this a little bit about how uh like, what does it mean? Like, why is that term just thrown around so aggressively? Um, and I, I don't even know what it means in the marketplace anymore. Yeah. I know what it means training-wise, but I don't know what it means in the marketplace. <laughs> like, if you're looking for a functional fitness gym, does that mean CrossFit? Because that's just about, like, the only thing that fits the bill. yeah. Are you looking for sports performance? Because that's highly functional. Mm -hmm. And those trainers are going to be very brainy. And yeah. they're going to train you in a like highly precise way to exactly. get you better at a sport. Mm -hmm. So you probably better be playing that sport. Yeah. Or otherwise, you're not going <laughs> to get what you think you want. Mm -hmm. You know, what does it mean? Um, I submit to you that we should begin to dissect what is human movement. Mm -hmm. and can you function as a human that would be my first step yes so uh what's part to it okay part i two. like it i like the part I like two. It. <laughs> um fun times i'm getting a, a pop quiz here because i was gonna cheat and read off of something that i had kind of sketched out <laughs> still original work thank you very much <laughs> uh but my computer locked me out of my account so oh no we just hinted at it. Speech of the week is you can do more than you think you can. Mm -hmm. The idea of when you think you're done, you've only given 40%. Like it's been talked about so much. It's almost cliche, right? Uh, Professor Goggins <laughs> seems to be uh, a famous uh, proponent of this uh, particular idea. But like, you know, if you've got 60% left, then why do you stop or think you're done or want to stop at 40%? And I've got two basic uh, news flashes for you. Most likely, if you have experienced this before, we are talking about comfort-based decision-making, right? Your brain is shutting down based on comfort, like, I want to be done, I'm bored, my attention span has lapsed, or this is hard, this burns, whatever, and you want to be done. All right, that's the comfort-based side. Now, there is a reality to there being limits. There are actually limits. You can't fly. <laughs> you cannot fly, no. Okay, you're not going to get up no on the building. No how much you believe you can, you can't. <laughs> and jump off and fly. That's not happening. Um, but take it back to that Olympic lifting we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? There are actual safety mechanisms in your brain that are trying to moderate what you're doing. That's why Christina hitched. Yeah. on that one deadlift and it got no counted because she had overloaded what her brain was used to managing and it could no longer manage it in a smooth way. Now, she was still able to do it safely, mm -hmm. but she wasn't able to do it explosively safely. Yep. Right, and there's the difference right there. So, things like cardio, 
things like certain forms of strength endurance where you're doing a high amount of repetitions, things like that circuit work that we talked about today. You are free to dig deep and push yourself into boundaries that you did not even know existed before, right? Sometimes the only way to find out what you're capable of is to push yourself even harder and then to realize, oh, I actually made it. There's tricks and tips and techniques to get that done, but I'm telling you, there are horizons beyond what you have. If on the other hand, it is a safety-related thing, a coordination-related thing. Your body can't, you know, pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time, right? That takes practice and drilling and serious training to overcome that. In either case, you can do more than you think you can, but in both cases, the prescription is perseverance applied in the right direction. Yes. So, uh, hope you enjoyed this one. We will see you later. Bye. Have a great day.